hello, and welcome to the Sippin' Teas and Huggin' Trees podcast, where we, Joel and Leah Larabelle of High Garden Tea, will be having lighthearted conversations about different neighbors in nature and how we can welcome them into our daily lives. Each piece of our natural world that we better understand, the more we can bring the outdoors into our home and feel at home when outdoors. Uh, today, I, Leah, have chosen time as the star of the show and how it ties into some complex yet easily applied concepts within herbalism regarding the respiratory system, specifically the cough. I do love teaching herbalism, and this episode really makes room for that. Time also shines when talking about gardening and natural community, and stick around for some cool herbal medicine making tips, too, like a thyme-infused honey. All the while, we'll be sipping on tea and would love for you to join us for a cup. The notes for this show can also be found on our website at www.highgardentea.com in our $2 downloads. If you like this podcast and would like to support it, purchasing show notes or some of our wonderful herbal infusions or tea is really appreciated and helpful to keep us rolling these babies out. Not to mention, every purchase from our shop saves one square foot of forested land to help protect this home we all share. So grab a cup and let's get started. Okay, here we are. We're going. Okay, so today's episode is time to kick that cough. Ooh. I know, cute name, huh? Yeah. So I did make us a pot of green tea with a pinch of thyme to mm. share to kind of get your brain ready to soak up a lot of info here. Needs as much help as it can get. <laughs> I'm about to give you the lowdown on some time and coughs and where their stories yeah. meet. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting. So what we're going to talk about today, just so you know what to kind of look forward to, is we'll discuss time, its medicinal properties. We're going to dive um, into better understanding coughs and how time can tend to this mm -hmm. very specific symptom. Yes, there are different coughs and a different herb to match these coughs for each of them. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> okay. And we'll also talk about the benefits and ease of growing time. Your tomatoes will thank you. Ooh, Ooh, a little foreshadowing. <laughs> Harvesting, medicine making, and even some ecological magic about this beauty. So let's okay. get going. Let's do it. I'm ready. So I chose to talk about time today because as you know, I'm super passionate about helping folks build their home herbal medicine cabinets. And it is winter. And uh, so it led me to go in a little bit deeper into some of us aren't maybe as great at the whole prepping thing. Maybe procrastinate a little bit. Uh, might be talking about maybe. myself. <laughs> And so that led me to dreaming up an herbal garden that stays with us all winter long. And I was aiming, you know, if I was going to help myself, I was trying to aim as many and help as many zones as possible. Mm -hmm. So I was going, ideally, if I could do zones like five through nine and even zone four with maybe a little winter protection. Um, okay. And, so who's, who's not included in that? Okay. So basically that's everywhere, but the Northern parts of Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin and Maine. Um, I'm sorry, y'all, but pretty sure I'd freeze uh, too. There. <laughs> I know, wishing you sun. Um, there weren't many plants ready to take that challenge, but one was all about it, and that was time. And man, what a plant it is. So where do I begin? I'm going to say just where the title starts. So time and coughs. And um, the li this little common kitchen cabinet herb time it's a freaking powerhouse in the herbalism world um it sometimes we look over it for a few years when we first begin studying herbalism mm -hmm. looking toward those more exotic herbs that maybe <laughs> we haven't had before and the next thing you know all the teas you're making and tinctures you put time here and there in the respiratory blends and it brings you back down to earth um and it's so well known because it's freaking awesome don't let its popularity and household familiarity kind of take away from its imp impressive abilities 
For medicinal actions of time, my main thing I usually think about is a wet cough or respiratory issue with a lot of mucus. I bet you want to ask me why, huh? I do. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to know another name for mucus. (laughs) Well, time is, the reason I think of this, a wet cough or respiratory issue is it's a slightly drying antiviral, antibacterial, Mm -hmm. and expectorant, meaning it helps pull excessive sputum out of the lungs (laughs) and bronchioles. (laughs) Sputum. That's the word. I hate that word, don't you? (laughs) I love, hate it. (laughs) Well, what sputum is, is a side of something that makes Joel's skin crawl, just the sound of it. It's a mixture of saliva and mucus. So when I'm referring to the junk coming out of the lungs, I'm going to call it sputum. And so a lot of this power um, of it being this antiviral, antibacterial, Mm -hmm. and all this amazing stuff, is attributed to the powerful oil called thymol. And yes, that is very powerful, that amazing oil. But that just gives me an opportunity to say there are a lot of powerful chemicals Mm -hmm. um, and constituents and compounds in time that work in their own special way. And that's where research kind of regarding herbs is helpful, but not really the be-all, end-all, because sometimes people challenge me and they're like, well, where's the research in it? And when I'm talking about traditional use... And I'm going to go ahead and sit on my soapbox for a hot second and <laughs> use this platform there. to say something. Plants are really complex and made up of a vast number of chemicals, constituents, compounds, just like us. And science usually breaks things apart into isolated controllable measures, like one constituent when talking about plants, to be able to study it. And the results of this constituent often get tagged as the active constituent of the plant, which, to be honest, is ridiculous to say that there's one active (laughs) constituent. That's like basically saying um, serotonin is the active constituent of human being. Like, yeah, (laughs) serotonin's great, but that isn't the one active one. There's so many other things in humans Mm -hmm. to make you be a live, vital (laughs) human, and that's the same with plants. And so... Lots of chemicals in them balancing and working with one another in harmony to create a whole effect. Isolating one part of that is hardly a representation of the whole plant. Um, And it is helpful to know these things about it, but let's don't just project that and say that's the one active one. And a lot of times that one active constituent is where drugs come from. And so that's really helpful Mm -hmm. to isolate and concentrate and create a drug. But with that drug becomes side effects, benefits, and risks. Um, And that's no longer the plant. Um, And also just to mention, that's where a lot of not safe for pregnancy research comes from. It's like one isolated constituent when concentrated or put into rats or mice or something show some type of adverse reaction. And so they'll say the whole plant isn't safe for pregnancy. When it's just that one thing. When it's just that one thing. In an unnatural In an unnatural way. So yeah, that's just... On I go. <laughs> Anywho, there we go. Stepping back down to talk <laughs> about time. Um, let's break this amazing plant down into all this beautiful stuff that it can do. So time is an antiviral. Yeah. So if you catch a respiratory tract infection of some sorts, let's say it's viral like a cold or a flu bug, it helps to slow down the viral replication while your own immune system can kick it out. Mm-hmm. So huge help. And... If you get a secondary infection from the virus, like if you have the flu and um, your bronchioles get super irritated and become infected, aka bronchitis, um, the herb, this herb is an antibacterial to help there as well to battle that bacteria. 
Not to mention, <laughs> if you want more, <laughs> it has expectorant properties. And through these, um, so usually these respiratory issues, you need to help pull that sputum out. Yes. And so it doesn't just get stuck there. And so this plant has also got these beautiful expectorant properties to help keep your respiratory system nice. And, That's amazing. And I mean, it's just like I can't stop because but I can't. Don't it's stop. also <laughs> a mild bronchodilator. So that means it helps to open up congested and mildly restricted airways. So like when you do have this cough, cough, cough Mm -hmm. and it starts to feel almost like hard to breathe and stuff this herb is a mild bronchodilator to help with that and i mean lord have mercy i'm on a roll here so i stop you know and so some sinus issues usually accompany lower respiratory issues well time has an answer here too (laughs) and so not only while you're you're sipping your tea are, are these beautiful um volatile oils rising up be sure to sniff those and that's traveling into your sinuses to battle the inflammation and infection Mm -hmm. um it also makes a really powerful sinus steam if you wanted to focus here you would just bring some water to a boil throw a couple tablespoons of thyme into a bowl um cover it with boiling water and then you just put your face over it and breathe in that steam and put a towel tent over the back of your head. And it's actually bringing all of those powerful antibacterial properties into the sinuses. Getting straight to it. Yeah. So it's kind of like putting antibiotic ointment actually on a wound instead of say eating the antibiotic ointment. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's It's actually like that at all or not, but it sounded fun for a moment. (laughs) Um, But back to the cough, you've got to understand a cough before you can actually tend to a cough. I have folks hit me up all the time asking what to do for a cough. And that's almost as vague as asking, Hey, Leah, what do you do for a person? Like (laughs) (laughs) it's just like coughs are very particular and different and require different matchmaking of different herbs. You get that question though, do you? Uh, What do you do for a person? (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) So, and also as we go forward and talk about the cough here, I do want to mention that the cough isn't the enemy. It's there to help you. So it's trying to actually get the mucus and sputum up and out. You want to get better faster. Mm -hmm. You just need to not stop the cough. Oh my gosh. If I see one more cough suppressant over the counter, I'm going to wonder if we fully lost our minds. Like you Uh, want to bring stuff up. There is a time to use a cough suppressant. We'll get there in a second. (laughs) Yep. But it is not when you're pulling up sputum. Okay. So here goes the cough. I'm going to talk about three different main ones. There's the wet or the moist cough a dry cough, and like an irritated or an irritative cough. When speaking of respiratory challenges, it's very important to note the state of the tissue and mucus. Sometimes people call that like energetics or something Mm -hmm. to know how to best apply herbal care. So the way you know if you have a wet or a moist cough um, in the so your lower respiratory tract, the cough is really productive. So the color is often like white or clear, maybe a little bit stringy, and so much stuff comes up mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh my goodness, you just feel like just a nonstop. mucus factory. Yeah, and it's just you're coughing and coughing and stuff's coming up. And so you, at this point, and it's coming you, up easily. It's coming up easily. Yeah. Um. And so you want to help pull that up. So you definitely still use expectorants and support that, but you want to add a little bit of like, it's called like a drying energetic. So mm-hmm. it's slightly drying this excess and helping the body find balance. And so in this case, this is time all the way. It's an expectorant, it's mildly drying, and it's really, really helpful here. And I might pair it with other common um, modelings out there like ground ivy. And then mullen is... Um, it's an expectorant and it's mm-hmm. soothing to the tissues. And so you don't want to over dry a state, but mullen is also soothing while these others are drying and all of these are helping to bring that up and out. Would you want to jump in on that as soon as you feel like the cough is 
too productive? Yeah. Or do you want to let the very productive cough do its thing for a few hours or a day or something like that? Well, I mean, it's when you've got coughs, colds and viruses and flus and stuff, the whole time you're symptom chasing. So when you have the symptom, tend to the symptom. Okay. Um, And this isn't, now you wouldn't want to cough suppress, but we're supporting and helping to try to bring balance to that state. And so as soon as that changes, then you change what you do. And so speaking of... A cough can change by the next day. It's turned into what you may call a dry cough. And the dry cough, now at this point, it's not productive. Some stuff may come up and you know when you need to get it up. And you cough and you cough. And when it finally comes up. It's almost like you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it in there. there. You might even hear it rattling in there. It just won't come up. But when it does, it's that dry, thick, gummy kind of gross stuff. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. sticky stuff. And it's because it doesn't have enough moisture to come up. So at that point, you want to moisten, um, use moistening herbs, and you've tons of liquids really, really getting in there. Um, And you can work with thyme at this point because of its expectorant and antiviral and antibacterial (laughs) properties. But you do smaller amounts than you would with that wet cough, and you would pair it with moistening, like mm-hmm. um, wild cherry bark or marshmallow root or leaf. Um, mullen is really great here. Yep. And so, and then the next thing you know, you've had this cough kind of going back and forth, and then there's nothing coming up anymore. You cough, and it's like now it's changed into this ticklish kind of, you know, that raspy ticklish. Um, just whooping almost cough. Like you can't even control it. Like yeah, it just drives you cra- spasmodic. Triggered. That's yeah. your irritated cough. And so this one, it's like there's nothing left in there, but I've got this really mm-hmm. irritating cough. What's happened is you've had all this mucus and sputum and you've been coughing. Well, now your tissues are irritated. The stuff is out, but now the tissues are irritated and you're like, it's just this cough is resulting mm-hmm. from it. If just these tissues need to be soothed, calm down, and then the cough will go away. This mm-hmm. is the moment when soothing and cough suppressant things can work. This is work. the time. This is the time that you can do that, but you want to be certain that this isn't a dry cough and it's an irritated cough. And the one way to really tell that is when you're coughing, the mucus isn't dry and gummy that comes up on occasion. It's back to like stringy. And mm-hmm. that's because the stuff's up and that stringy kind of thin stuff is just trying to coat those irritated tissues. Mm-hmm. And right here, I really like just the most moisture that you can possibly give yourself. You want to soothe. So um, wild cherry bark, sassafras leaf, marshmallow leaf or root, and all these are teas. Teas are just lovely with mucilaginous herbs. That's the only way that you can get them in really Mm -hmm. good. Or eating like oatmeal or okra, moisten, moisten, moisten. Mm -hmm. You could do a thyme steam here and it would be lovely because it's carrying that moisture and all those beautiful properties. And so herbalism is easy and it isn't all at the same time. You just heard all this. You do have to put in a little effort for a huge payoff because every symptom is a clue in herbalism. Every single thing. It's not something to like, you know, let's say your car has got this um, check engine light on. Just putting duct tape over the check engine light don't fix the car. <laughs> and that's, well, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's the same mind. thing with like just covering up symptoms right. that didn't fix anything. It just, you know, use some duct tape. I hey, duct guilty. tape is great. But herbalism, you need to look at those symptoms as like, hey, thank you. Now I need to look into this. And so it does paying attention to our bodies very closely, trusting them. And then you do need to know enough herbs and some special things about them th- to know who to call on at that time. And we're talking like 10 herbs can be plenty to That's do enough. a huge amount of work. 
And if I have to say so myself, time should be on that list of 10. <laughs> and since it's medicine is so incredible, something tells me you might want to grow it. I don't know. And that would be a magnificent idea because if the medicinal aspects of time were not enough, there's some very special gardening bonuses. Ooh, what are they? Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? And so it's an incredible companion plant to your garden for cabbage, potatoes, and tomatoes. It's like their little herbal medicine cabinet, too. Like, plants really take care of one another. Um, or they kill one another. You know, <laughs> it's life. <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, so not only does thyme attract pollinators, it's a beautiful um, pollinator-friendly plant, but it also works the other way around as well. They shoo away a handful of harmful garden pests. So thyme helps to eradicate the tomato hornworm through some of its non-toxic chemical constituents. Oh, that's crazy. And let me tell you, the other way to get rid of that thing is pick uh. off that big, nasty, <laughs> ugly beast. And if there is so any other pick. way in this world, <laughs> not and poisons, of course, but that's just, I do not put poisons on something I'm going to eat. Um, but that this can keep you from having to touch that really giant oh, gross worm thanks, yeah, or whatever it is. So what? We're just planting it right next to tomatoes. Um, planting with enough space because we're going to find out time doesn't want a lot of water and tomatoes do. Mm. So you do want to add enough space between them that you can directly water the tomato without, without the time getting the wet time. feet. Mm-hmm. And so time also protects potatoes from the Colorado potato beetle by luring in the beneficial parasitic wasp. <laughs> I mean, could it get more specific and amazing? And it really helps cabbage by protecting against some of the most common cabbage pests like cabbage worms, aphids even, because mm-hmm. it lures in the amazing garden ally ladybugs. And so it's just, it's really awesome companion plant in your garden. And you're growing that medicine right there. Amazing. And it needs almost nothing in return. It likes a little bit of conversation, appreciation. It does like to grow next to sage and oregano mm, if you wanted to pick it some buddies. best friends. And it's almost disease and pest resistant, right? It's too, so it's too good to yeah, be true. It really yet. is. It's true. Uh, I don't know. It stays pretty good. So there are about 300 <laughs> varieties of thyme. Um, are they all equally medicinal? 300? Doubt. Yeah, about 300 varieties. Um, doubt it, but they are all medicinal to some degree, but, um, the one that has most traditional use behind it would probably be the thymus vulgaris. Um, that's just common garden thyme. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, the further you get away from the basic common thyme, the more different your chemical makeup is going to be. Okay. So they're all going to have these medicinal properties, but if you're wanting to kind of stick with what has most been traditionally worked with through the ages, mm-hmm. it's going to be that common thyme. Let's say you start getting into your lemon thymes, your orange thyme. These cultivars have been off- altered quite a bit to create their okay. unique scents and qualities, so they're going to be quite different. Yep. So it is indigenous to the Mediterranean region, so it prefers full sun, well-drained soils. In fact, it's drought-friendly and typically really i mean it's just super easy to grow and what it doesn't like is soggy soil so it just doesn't want wet feet in fact that's the one way that you can get it sick is some root rot don't plant it in the low spot in your yard exactly and it's even tolerant of a wide ph range so uh, it's that easy and it does stay with you in your herbal medicine garden all year round and it's a very special perennial it doesn't die after flowering it just keeps come it just stays there it just stays there and it develops a defense mechanism by growing like these woody stems and evergreen leaves granted it grows more leaves and it's more you know robust in the spring Mm -hmm. but if you need to go grab some time in the winter it's there for you um and it the common or english time is hardy in temps as low as i kid you not negative 30 degrees 
<laughs> right. If you do a little winter protection, yeah. like some mulch around it yeah. and a little bit on it. Some um, zones, on top. Yeah. Zone six and higher have zero trouble overwintering time. Um, like it got wow. down to what, like 15 degrees here and it yep. just doesn't care. It's fine. It's so easy. And so to gather it, you know, you've got this beautiful time out there. Usually gather as much as you want. Um, I try not to take more than the top third when making a large back of batch of herbal medicines um, and the parts prepared are all the aerial parts, meaning above ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably wouldn't want to gather as much in the winter because it's not growing as much or is that whatever? Um, yeah, just be sure to not gather over the top third and yeah, you know, okay. take it easy on see. it in the winter. It's not growing as fast or in the spring and summer. It can just constantly mm-hmm. just regenerate. Um, and once you gather, how do you make these herbal medicines from time? We're talking about all these beautiful medicinal properties. Um, here goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can work with fresh or dried thyme and to dry it is really easy. For some reason, people get kind of intimidated by drying herbs, but it's as simple as not cutting, you know, cutting about the top third, just some nice long sprigs, bundle about 10 to 15 together, um, loose enough to let air come through, but not mm-hmm. for all of them to fall down. Hang it upside down for about two weeks until it's fully dry. Um, in a well yeah, ventilated, okay. but not a, not a sunny location and a darker location. Cause the sun will, you know, you don't want it on direct Just bleach sun. It out. Yeah. Um, and you wait until it gets like crispy. You don't want it to have any moisture cause it'll mold. Cause at that point right. you put it into an airtight container. Don't crumble it into the jar would be my mm. special tip. Um, go in there as big as possible. And then when you're working with it, when you pull it out to work with it, then crumble it because nice. the more surface area, the faster exposed, the faster it breaks down. Like grinding your peppercorns above your plate. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And so at ways to work with it and enjoy it, thyme tea is just, it has yeah. shown in some studies that tea is probably the most, or infusions and decoctions, either simmering or boiling is probably going to be your most effective, even more than tinctures. Cool. Um, to have the fresh tea, just bring fresh thyme to a simmer on the stove and then turn the heat off and so make you, sure to you, keep it covered the whole time though. Cause you want to keep those beautiful oils in there. So you're adding the fresh thyme to the water before, when it's, before it's hot. Yeah, I like it. to do that to not shock it. You're okay. going to, I mean, my goodness, you will get a, as many answers as people, as right. you ask about how to make teas and decoctions and stuff. So I'm one answer among many, but, but we're the ones talking, but right we're now. the ones talking. So, so. <laughs> Um, so I like to bring it to a simmer covered and then immediately turn it off and let it sit and steep about 10 minutes, strain it and enjoy. You can add mint, anise hyssop, lavender, whatever, just to add some beautiful flavor Mm -hmm. and, um, benefit to it. Super great with honey. Uh, if it's already dried, add like a tablespoon to your strainer infuser, put, I like a tablespoon for 32 ounces of water. And then you're going to drink about eight ounces, three to four times a day in acute situations. Meaning when you're experiencing this wet cough or whatever it is, you're drinking it regularly to keep that into your system. And, um, I did mention, and oh, in acute situations when you're doing like four times a day or something, I typically go max seven days on that type mm-hmm. um, when it's just these things that can dry or do these different very strong actions, but you usually don't do it that long because your symptoms are going to change. Gonna yeah, right. your symptoms are going to change. Um, you can do the tincture and it is it is effective. It's not the most of the effective, uh, most effective of them all, but... You just, you can find a million ways to tincture time. You can tincture it fresh sure. or dried. Basically what that means is pouring vodka over it. And seriously, if you Google how to make a tincture, again, you're going to find as many answers as Google <laughs> right. sites are out there. 
And the reason being for that is honestly tincturing is this really complex and beautiful process. Um, there's something as simple as the folk method, which is what you would probably look up, which is just putting the herb into a jar, covering it with vodka or whatever it is that you're, you know, tincturing it with, straining, so forth, but find those directions. And then it does go into these companies and peoples that really work very specially with tincturing that they use heat sources and burning the plant matter back into a fine ash and so forth. So it is a very complex and beautiful process. I say all that to say you'll probably be looking up the folk method. What that kind of means is you give your time a party. You pour some <laughs> vodka over it, let it sit there and hang out with it for a little while, strain it. It's chill, there you it know. It's um, But I really, really, something you don't hear a lot about is thyme honey. And it's such a super sweet preparation and so you just gather some twigs of thyme um, and you allow them to dry just a couple days to get the huge amount of moisture off. And then you pack them, lightly pack them into a jar and cover it with honey. Mm-hmm. You leave the top off and just cover it with cheesecloth to let any more moisture escape. Um, and because moisture yeah. can cause mold yep. growth on the honey. And you just let that set two weeks, maybe a month. And that thyme is infusing into the honey. And then you can give that jar kind of a hot water bath, meaning just let it get just kind of warm in, well, hot water so that you can easily pour the honey off, okay. uh, off of the thyme so it will way to strain it. Yep. And that makes a really, really lovely um, children's cough remedy. Nice. It's an easy way because sometimes like if Woods is sick and coughing, he don't That's want time tea. Yeah, <laughs> not literally the Woods, <laughs> our child. He's um, three. But he'll almost. take some honey, you know, and he's getting the time properties in him. Um, yeah, time is just all that medicine and it's super easy to make, super accessible, adding it to your food. And I mean, the reason that it was even on food originally is because it is bacteriostatic, mm-hmm. helping to stop the growth of the bacteria. So before there was all these food preservation techniques, um, you would put thyme or sage, these bacteriostatic herbs onto the food and help it last longer. So, I mean, that just goes to show what beautiful and powerfully strong oh, antibacterial so cool. herbs these are. And just last but not least, we always have to mention that we are not the center of the universe. We are just a piece and a part of all that we is nature. <laughs> yeah, we as in people. We are a beautiful piece and part of nature. And so to just note how time gets along with others, um, it is super pollinator friendly. So bees love it. Let some of yours go to flower. Um, in ancient Greece, even um, abundantly flowering thyme on hillsides, it was recognized as predicting a good crop of honey. <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't take a psychic Ooh. to figure that one out, did it? <laughs> but um, plants thrive in localized communities. And so um, there's actually, um, I'll geek out for just a second. It And the EU funded, it was called the Comgen Project to kind of unravel how a plant's population genes influence species coexistence and biodiversity because just some plants when planted together do better. Like plants like to live in community too. And they were trying to just look at some of these really powerhouse chemical containing plants. Like, well, how do they affect plants around them? And some of them did not do well with others. They Mm -hmm. needed some space, but time was really cool in this study because though it is like really high chemical producing it actually increased species richness and community diversity. Of course it did. I know. I mean, there's just something about it that it helped others around it thrive. Mm-hmm. And then to add to that, some people are even starting to do time lawns because it's an effort to reduce water use um, and time spent caring for lawns. Some yep. gardeners are replacing their turf with time. It's an ideal grass alternative. It requires less water. It's generally tough. I mean, you wouldn't go out there and play like 
tackle football <laughs> right. on it or anything. And it's drought resistant, hardy all the way to north to like zone four if it's healthy, and it will spread easily to fill most of the space that you want to. Um, and it's really beautiful. And when you step on it, there's just little footsteps oh, of time. It smells scent. so good. <laughs> Um, and so there's just some beautiful properties and and the way that it works in the world around it. Um, and you know, to end on all this, if you liked the podcast and want to support us, sell tea, (laughs) sell tea. And if you liked the sounds of time, I do encourage you to go plant time in your own garden and do it yourself by all means. But if you'd like to try what we do with it, we put it again I love it so much. I'm about to read off an embarrassing list of how many teas we put it in. It's in our immune boost tea. It's in our get well tea. Of course. Sinus dry the drips, which means to help dry up over droopy sinuses. And now you know why Mm -hmm. it's in there. It's in breathe drying for the overproductive cough. Right. Now you know why it's in there. Breathe easy, babe, because Mm -hmm. it is appropriate for For children. And respiratory resilience, because any respiratory system situation, I'm thinking time. Thanks, time. Thanks, time. And thank you for your time listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Till next time.